you should be a podcaster. I know you don't know anything about a microphone and recording and Libsyn, but you should be a, you know, I could help you get started. I can help you through this journey to, you know, sap all this life out of you to sit in front of a microphone for hours, just slaving over your recording. And <laughs> but we love it, don't we? Podcast Junkies, episode 22. So this week we talked to Steve Stewart of Money Plan SOS and Steve's entertaining podcaster uh, definitely has an opinion on podcast. It's just because he loves it so much. We found out that we had a lot of things in common and especially our, our love of vinyl music. And uh, I got to see his record collection, which was pretty cool. And um, I also got to hear some of the songs that... Uh, took him back in the days a bit of uh, old school jamming so I stuck a couple of surprises in the episode hope you enjoy that as well Steve Stewart thanks for showing me your fantastic vinyl collection and your awesome breakdancing shirt now I feel we can have a really awesome genuine conversation because we're simpatico there you go there you go thank you for coming on podcast junkies hey it's my pleasure you know if it has to do with podcasting I'm all about it Apparently, if it has to do with uh, Twitter, you're all about it as well. I took a look at your <laughs> recent tweet count, and you are pushing 17,000, I believe it was, my friend. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I've been on Twitter for I don't know how long, yeah. six, seven years now. I wasn't one of the first ones, but, heck, I was before, you know, Michael Hyatt and Dave Ramsey, and they're 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 pretty popular dudes. If I had one-tenth of their listenership it'd be, or, uh, you know, their followers, it'd be pretty cool. But yeah, I've been on Twitter for a while, and I just love it. I love it, love it, love it. What what was it about it that just drew you to it in the beginning? Uh, you know, I heard about it from a couple different places. I know it was, you know, uh, like, um, uh, what was it, uh, Olio Laporte podcast way back when. And then heard about it from another friend of mine up in Round Lake Beach, Illinois, who has his own podcast, which is really, it's really a radio show called Tech Talk WRLR. Yeah. He talked about it for a little bit, and I was like, okay, if he's talking about it, and the old Laporte's talking about it. I better sign up for this thing before somebody takes a good name. Yeah. And so yeah, I signed up for it, and and ever since then it's just been, hey, let's let's see what we can squeeze in 140 characters. <laughs> it's amazing what you can squeeze into 140 characters. You got to get clever. You got to get uh, got to get ideas like shortening those links and spelling the word U with the letter U. And then yeah, and then um, if, if you take into account sometimes when you want to put a picture into the feed and. Uh, you got to account for that. And then the latest tip I heard was leaving, I think, three or four characters so that uh, if people want to retweet, they'd have room to retweet it and still include your whole tweet. Yeah, I haven't answered that either. <laughs> you think by now I would. How about you? When did you start with Twitter? Uh, it's probably been about three or four years. It was music related, funny enough, because I started with I make and DJ. Uh, I make electronic music and I DJ as well. So I started uh, a DJ uh, a DJ Twitter handle. And that's pretty much what I was doing for the longest time. And I never, it's funny, I never really thought of grabbing my name. You would, you would think like I'm, I was so well versed and, and up on the latest technology. I had the Palm Pilot. <laughs> I, had, I, I, had the, I had the creative Nomad uh, MP3 player, which I thought was the most amazing thing in the world. 
Um, I remember, literally remember jogging in the gym with a Nomad and it had like five MP3s on because that's about the only thing you could, that's about as many as you could put on there. And I'm like, <laughs> digital music, it's not skipping, you know, the, the CD's not skipping. It, it's amazing. This is the future. And, uh, yeah. you know, fast forward X number of years and um, it, it's just it's ridiculous what, what the heck is in your hand right now in terms of an iPhone, like a uh, computer phone recorder video camera right. you name it gyroscope <laughs> and, and yet you still use this amazing device to play those same five power songs that you were playing in the gym on the nomad <laughs> yes yeah i do what i do is I, col I collect all this technology so i've got a box in my closet somewhere where i it's it's the graveyard of forgotten technology i've got the nokia i've got the starjack flip phone um I had the little silver Nokia, which was like the James Bond slide phone, which I thought was the most coolest thing in the world when I mm -hmm. got when I got it, and uh, and I lost it in the cab somewhere. So you lost it. <laughs> that stinks. Yeah. So I'm, uh, so yeah. I mean, just bringing it back around. I'm I'm I was, I'm such an early adopter of technology. So it was strange that I I wouldn't grab my my full name. Um, so now my name is uh, my personal Twitter account is Duran Harry. Um, so that's what you revert to when you can't find your real name. You just reverse your first and last name. Yeah, hopefully that works, right? <laughs> yeah. Else, like John Smith, yeah. Smith John. <laughs> yeah, and the common names probably got snatched up pretty quick. Or no, what's even more, what's, what even got snatched up even quicker is the, uh, the, the, uh, the people who just used their first name. So John or James, people who were literally like, those had to be like the, the super uber uh, tech nerds who were like... <laughs> The ones who were on the the uh, use use server listserv whatever like those things called before there was like the internet so before there was the internet yeah. <laughs> so yeah I mean I'm I I've been a fan and I think from a business perspective it's fantastic um, especially if you get creative in the way you use it and to to promote your products and there's a fine line between like promoting and spam and uh, I think a lot of people cross that at times because when I see ten straight send straight uh, tweets from like the same person. I'm like, I think I'm going to not follow this person anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. I, I'm the editor for Pottertainment magazine. And so I get to read the articles before they actually get put to press. And the September article from uh, Rob Walsh from Libsyn is going to be kind of about that, about Twitter bombers who have podcasts and what it's doing to their listenership. And I think a lot of people would be surprised to see that, well, they're just going to have to subscribe <laughs> to Pottertainment Magazine and, and read it for themselves. But it's, it's you know, Rob Walsh, he's always coming up with great statistics and stuff. So really good read. Yeah. And it's not too long. It's always interesting to hear him uh, and Elsie uh, on the uh, Lipson podcast because uh, they, they basically deep dive and geek out on podcasts, which is why I, I love listening to them. And it's funny when they have a difference in opinion in terms of like what they want to talk about. Or, or I think the last thing was about it's actually about social media and Elsie was high on marketing and, and Rob not so much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's funny. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. It, it's good to get a little a bit of um, disagreement, I think, on some of these shows. So you don't have everyone just agreeing with each other. Yeah. So how are you promoting Podcast Junkies? Uh, so Podcast Junkies is being promoted through Twitter, Facebook, the standard media channels. And then um, I do a, a newsletter out to the folks who've signed up on my website. And um, Are you trying I, to get new followers with, the, with Twitter? Is that how you're trying to, to score it? Or are you trying to... Uh, yeah, I think uh, no, definitely want. I'm looking to, to get new followers, but followers who are interested in the topic of podcasting. So everything that I post, I, I, I scan a lot of uh, news articles, and I use Pocket to just 
tag a lot of them um, that are of interest to me. So when I see something podcast related, I, I try to go out of my way and I'm working with my VA to, to post things, uh, post articles, but also post um, the Twitter handle of the person that wrote the article. Um, and if and if there's a website or a service that's mentioned, definitely look up the Twitter handle for them. So I, I do a bit of research when I repost articles to just give as much credit to the author and the and the people talking and what they're talking about. So kind of make it as viral as possible. And then, and then when those get retweeted, that's a sign that uh, they're they're paying attention. And it looks like you're using the the hashtag in front of the word podcast about everywhere you can. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way to go, brother. Yeah, that always helps. Um, yeah, get people who are interested in what you want to talk about. Is this what you want to keep talking about? Uh, strategies for Twitter? Because I've got one I'm actually using this weekend, which um, I think is brilliant. I, I'm, I'm sure I didn't come up with it, but um, you'll be noticing uh, uh, the uh, the financial blogger conference is next weekend. FinCon, yeah, and yeah, and my podcast is the Money Plan SOS podcast, and that's all about personal finance. So I'm I'm really ingrained in that whole ecosystem there. And so I went through the attendance list that's online, just put it into an Excel spreadsheet. And one of the things you do when you sign up for FinCon is you give your Twitter handle. So, of course, now I, I get to see who all is coming, and I can say hi to them on Twitter, say, hey, can't wait to see you next week. And, uh, you know, throw a couple of big names in there with some no names. And the no names, of course, you know, no names like me, we love that. You know, hey, look, I'm tagged in, a, in a, something with Chris Ducker. I mean, come on. Yeah. Isn't that just brilliant? So, um, yeah, I'm just kind of saying hi to people before I get there. So it just makes attending the conference even better. I mean, yeah. it's just like, oh, hey, how you doing? I saw you on Twitter, you know. <laughs> how many times have you been to FinCon? Three. This Three. is the fourth year. I missed the first one because uh, I was DJing, believe it or not. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, uh, it was easy last year because last year the conference was actually in St. Louis, which is where I live. So I was able to come home every night, Very sleep nice. in my own bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... You asked if like what we were going to talk about was Twitter, and and I think for folks that loyal listeners to the show, and and you probably know as well, we cover everything, and we may not even talk podcasts at some point. But I just want to talk to podcasters, and I want to point out the fact that podcasters have lives outside of podcasting, and they have interests outside of podcasting, and I think it's just I want to just show the gamut of uh, people that are out there doing this, and and how how much cool stuff they're doing. But but when are you going to find the commonality between us all? Because you know there's going to be something. There's that one thing that drives us to want to continue to do our art and, and go through all this frustration of trying to schedule guests and, and record and edit and promote. And, you know, we're trying to do it all ourselves unless we hire somebody else. And then we got to find that person to do it. And how do we train them on what we want? And yeah, where's the, that commonality? <laughs> well, the commonality is in your ability to tell a story. And I think what I've seen across podcasters and and everyone that I'm speaking to is I get the benefit of talking to people who have a really good uh, microphone set up. And so I don't have to worry about engaging with guests that first time podcast and they have to use like their their uh, iBuds microphone and it's scraping against their lapel and all that sort of stuff. So (laughs) I'm talking to to people who nine times out of 99 times out of 100 have uh, a, a decent sound. So that that gets that out of the way. And then. They've been podcasting for for a bit, and and in your case, you know, you're up to episode 162, I think it was, um, on your site. So you've been doing this for quite some time, and uh, I 
get enjoyment out of speaking to people who have been doing this for a while. I sp I've spoken to Elsie. I've spoken to Dave Jackson, uh, Daniel J. Lewis. I'm going to have Ray Ortega on as well. I'm just fascinated by the stories because uh, the back-in-the-day stories of podcasting um, and, and whether this is, is or is not considered a renaissance, you know, it can, we, we can argue about that. But the bottom line is it's, it's getting renewed interest, in, which I think is a fantastic thing because uh, I'm, I'm just a, a fan. Me too, absolutely. What do you think podcasting to be like in five years? Why am I interviewing you? I just think this is a great conversation. <laughs> Let me ask it again. What do you think? What do you think podcasting will look like in five years? I think it's going to be a, a lot, a lot related to mobile. I think a lot of people are going to take advantage of mobile, and probably you'll hear more man on the street type podcasts where people are just having sessions where they're recording people in the park and just, um, you know, a lot of people are doing it now with their zoom microphones. And I did it when I was in, uh, I had to go to work, uh, go to London for work. And I did episode 17 where I did my American podcaster in London, just man on the street. And I, I wanted to do something different for a solo episode. And I think you're going to see more creativity. I think some of the stuff that's coming up on the horizon, I, I can't even predict because, um, because of the, the technology is allowing people to do more and more interesting things with the podcast. Ray Ortega, for example, he's a master of the mixing board and the sound effects and, and just the, the blending of all the things while he's doing the show. Dave Jackson loves to <laughs> splice in sound and edits from other shows. And he, he I, I did a little bit of that in, in my episode with him as a tribute to him. And I realized halfway through, I was like, wow, this is a lot of work. So yeah. kudos to him. Elsie Escobar, I mean, you can literally he, uh, see the smile on the other side of the microphone when she's talking because her energy and her th enthusiasm every time she talks about podcasting is fantastic and then there's just people that i follow and everyone's got their own podcasters that they listen to and, the, and the, that they are drawn to um, i'm drawn to just real conversations with people uh, who genuinely get the most out of their guests and who really uh, have stories to tell. You know, that, that's what I'm fascinated by. I listen to Joe Rogan podcast. That's three hours, you know, and then I listen to um, some of the, the smaller philosophy bites or something like that. I think it's called, and that's maybe like a five or 10 minute podcast. I think there's something for everyone out there. And that's what I think is so fantastic. That's what, what podcasting has to look forward to is, is the nicheness of everything. You can get really specific and, and you can dance around your niche a little bit and still keep your audience. But it's kind of I, – I look at podcasting that it's going to grow just like we see if you – you know, down the street from us, we have probably about five dental buildings. And we've got, you know, we've got, uh, you know, vitamin place and we've got a health place and then we've got another hospital. And it's just like, you know, you can find an ear, nose and throat guy and then uh, a foot, ankle, knee guy, you know, in the same street. But before, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, that didn't exist. That was just go see your doctor. But now we've got these specialists and anybody can find anything specific that they want. And the person who's serving you or the podcast host who is talking to you is an expert in that one thing. They may not be able to change the oil in their car, but they can help you with that one thing. And that's what podcasting is going to do for us, I think. Yeah, that whole concept of niching down. I was just talking to a friend of mine who's visiting in from Hawaii, and he does therapy uh, for people like uh, mental uh, therapy, for people with mental illness, uh, like rehabilitation type things. But he does it through gardening. He shows them how to garden, and that kind of helps them get back on the path to like mental stability and just kind of settles them. And, and, <laughs> and I was telling him about how I'm podcasting. And I said, look, you could do the alternative health therapies podcast. And you talk to people who are doing that sort of thing from around the world. And I mean, 
as you very well know, once you're a podcaster, like everything that you see becomes like a podcast, <laughs> a podcasting idea, and it's just it never stops. You should do a podcast about that. <laughs> you should be a podcaster. I know you don't know anything about a microphone and recording and lips, and but you should be a. You know, I could help you get started. I can help you through this journey to you know sap all this life out of you to sit in front of a microphone for hours just slaving over your recording and. <laughs> But we love it, don't we? Yeah, hey, we love podcasting. We're, we're gluttons for punishment, and <laughs> yeah, I mean, but yeah, I mean, you might be discouraging people there, Steve, because they're saying, "Well, Steve, Steve is really like down on it, man." 160 episodes in, and he's all jaded and stuff. Hey, you know, I'm a realist here. I'm going to tell people like it is. You know, it's hard work, but if if you do work hard, if you work hard at what you do, you're going to appreciate what you accomplish even more. You know, if something's just handed to you and it's easy. Uh, you know, I see it all the time. If I give somebody something for free, they don't care about it. But if they have to pay for it, yeah. you know, they, they do the work and they, they get something out of it. And they have to, they, especially if they have to pay for it in their blood, sweat and tears. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Lots of tears. Lots of tears. How many years is this now? 160 episodes equates to a start time. Don't of- do the math. <laughs> don't do the math that way. No, 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 no. I, I preach one thing that I fail at all the time. And that's consistency. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I started in November 2010. Okay. Launched it then. It was supposed to be weekly. Uh, but for like the summer, I just went every other week. Because yeah. it was just, I had so many things going on. It just made sense to do it every other week. But what's interesting is, um, I think I've kept my listenership. And that that's still kind of a wild card. I mean, who's listening? What are they using? I wish I could just poll every one of my listeners and say, okay, is this your first time? Yeah. Is this your third time? Is this your first time back in three years? You just forgot about it. Are you a subscriber, iPhone, computer? Boy, wouldn't that be great if we knew that stuff? I think Stitcher is the only one that can give us some really good indication of how long people listen, You know who your dedicated listeners are, because you can find out if they listen to your new show the first day. Yeah. Yeah, listen stats are good, too. But, yeah, it's... Yeah, so, yeah, I, I kept my listenership, and even though I went every other week. Uh, so, that's good. What's been your most reliable source of feedback, if any, that you can point to, whether it's an email, whether it's, a, it's someone tweeting out to you, whether it's someone at Podcast Movement coming up to you and saying, hey, Steve, Money Plan SOS is, you know, it's my go-to podcast for finance. Oh, I, it has to be Twitter. Yeah. I think I have more interaction with my listeners on Twitter. Um, maybe that's just because that's what I, I focused a lot of my social media efforts on. Yeah. So I think it was Twitter. It's, it's not comments. It's not emails. It's definitely not my Facebook page. It, for me, it's Twitter. I think for other people, it might be the opposite. It might be Facebook or it yeah. might be email. I didn't start my email list very strong. I'm still trying to build it. So, yeah, it, for me, I think it's Twitter. That's, that's good. And, um, yeah, it's obvious. I can tell by the number of tweets that you're very active on that. And, and I'm sure you engage with other people who are just as active. So this, you can have entire conversations. I, I see them all the time, <laughs> like four, five, seven, you know, ten, ten tweets deep. And it's just people just talking back and forth on Twitter as if no one else is listening. But obviously everyone else is watching. Yeah, I actually try to avoid that. I try to avoid having, you know, three tweets of the same person in a row because it does fill up your stream. You want to have... Yeah. Something there for the new person who just happens to stumble across you, where if it's going to be more than two, then I, I see if it's somebody I can DM, and then mm-hmm. I can just have the conversation there. Yeah, and it all you know it all comes right to my phone. It doesn't matter if it's DM or you know in the stream. But I want the stream to be, you know, there's a link, then maybe there's a conversation or a quote. Uh, so yeah, and the links aren't always to my stuff, of course. It needs to be some other people's stuff too. 
that's the virtual um, networking. And then the in-person, in-person networking, we, we got a chance to, to meet up um, IRL, as, as the kids say. <laughs> yeah, in, in real, real life? In real life, it podcast. I guessed it. Wow. <laughs> podcast movement which is it's always fun i had a blast and uh um i've I've met so many cool people um that when you interact with them online it's one one thing but to shake someone's hand and to see them and then talk to them and just have a you know to have a drink with them or something it's just really fantastic i'm really happy for what uh jared and, and dan and that team has done um so podcast movement was obviously the first conference directed at podcasters but what and, and you just mentioned fincon as well so are you big on conferences do you try to make them a, a, like build them into your annual networking plan uh no big on conferences no really the first conference i ever volunteered to go to was fincon uh 2012 it would be yeah and because i'd heard so much about the first one which was really it was uh pt money was the organizer for that by the way, he helped Jared and Mitch and Gary and Dan. Uh, he kind of gave them information on how he made it work. And, and if you listen to Pat Flynn say anything about conferences, he'll always say FinCon's his favorite. He just he does it, does it right. So, of course, I go to FinCon in 2012, and there's all these people who you know, I've seen online in those little squares on their Twitter profile, and that's about it. And it's just like, oh, my gosh, I know you, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that was the first one. And then, you know, Podcast Movement, they announced it. I'm like, I'm going to buy my ticket day one. They launched. I was in the first five minutes. I bought my ticket. And yeah. like, oh, I'm going. Yeah, I think I was, too. I, I literally, I, re- I remember, I don't know how I caught it, but uh, it had to be the first week. I, I definitely bought my ticket, got the got the, the VIP dinner and all that. And it, it on some fronts, exceeded my expectations because I just was so happy from the networking piece. Um, probably like a lot of content and I think their desire to get as many speakers as possible in, in there speaking, you know, some are better than others. Um, so I think there's always room for improvement. It's the first one and I think uh, they're happy and they're going to be doing it. Again, I'm already seeing uh, the announcements for Podcast Movement 15, 2015. Yeah, so. yeah. We kind of knew it was going to happen before they even announced it, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because just because, I mean, you get 600 people signed up, you know, it's like, oh, well, we may as well talk about doing this again next year. Definitely. So, yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to it. I haven't bought my ticket yet. I usually wait a little bit to buy the ticket, not for any strategic reason, just because who knows what's going to happen in a year. That's too long. But, yeah, the conferences are great for meeting people. And, and you know, you bought the pro ticket, or what was it, the dinner ticket? Yeah. What is it called? Uh, some VIP speaker dinner t- ticket. Just yeah, early. yeah, yeah. You got to hang out, hang out with the speakers before the the event even started. I chose not to buy that, and and I'm fifty fifty on if I, you know, if I made the right choice because I kept hearing so many great things about being in that room. Yeah. Um, but then again, I was outside that room with a bunch of other people, just talking about podcasting. How could <laughs> I go wrong? I think you. I think you made the right call because um, at the end of the day, I mean, what what tended to happen is some of those people knew, knew each other, so they were the ones having the conversations. And the people who didn't know those people, you almost felt like you were intruding, like trying to hop into that conversation. So I, I didn't spend as much time as I probably thought I would be. And I, I was actually eager, like you said, to get outside in the hallways. A lot of the good stuff happened in the hallways of Podcast Movement, which is pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I was there. I was actually in a conversation with Dave Jackson and uh, Darren Dake. And oh, in fact, you mentioned Darren's podcast uh, in the last episode, by yeah. the way. 
He's the corners uh, corners corner. podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> love that name. <laughs> anyway, so we're there talking, and and suddenly I turned a little bit, and I'm, I'm in my own conversation with somebody else, and Dave was talking to somebody else on my left, and all of a sudden I heard something from a guy. He said, "Blog Talk Radio," and I was like, "What?" And I turned around. And there's this 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 gentleman who introduces himself to Dave Jackson. He says, "I'm I'm the you know vice president of of Blog Talk Radio." And instantly I had to get my phone out and just videotape. You yeah, couldn't yeah, hear yeah, anything, but I got yeah. a, I got a good 15 seconds of, of this guy talking to Dave Jackson from blog talk radio. And if you, do, if your listeners don't know anything about what I'm talking about, Dave Jackson wrote an article about blog talk radio and the 12 reasons why you shouldn't use it. And I think a lot of the, the professional podcasters out there understand why. Yeah. So this guy walks up to Dave Jackson, <laughs> introduces himself and Dave just thought he was going to get punched or something about the article. Uh, Dave talks more about it on his podcast at School of Podcasting. You can go back and listen to that. But boy, was that just, that's, that's, that's a moment that will go down in history as one of the most memorable things from that yeah, year, at least in my mind. <laughs> yeah. And who knows what next year will hold. Yeah. That, uh, actually, I uh, saw Dave because I had interviewed him like uh, a week prior to, to podcast movement. So it was nice to catch up with him. And he, uh, on the way out, I think that on the last day, he, he, he's like, Hey, Harry, he's like, I just ran into the blog talk radio guy. And I was like, Oh man, I wish I would have been there. Um, yeah. And, and we're totally like geeking out on like the, the, the behind the scenes of, of podcasting, which is hilarious. But, uh, I have to, I haven't heard that episode yet. I'm, I'm really eager to, to catch that one. Cause, uh, he said he was going to have him on and stuff. So yeah, you have to go find it. It's only about three, four weeks old. Definitely go for it. Yeah, it's so hard to to keep up because um, for all the for all the podcasts that I get rid of because I just I'm not as interested in them, or they start bringing on guests that are just not doing it, or just I I, I guess I outgrow them for for lack of a better term. There's always new ones that are cool. And uh, Elsie was talking about this one guy um, who's doing a behind the scenes of how a radio broadcaster transitions into a podcaster and he's kind of documenting uh his process as he learns the ropes of, of podcasting having already hmm. been a broad, uh, broadcaster but she she talked about it and uh i think it was on instagram so uh that's going to be something that uh i'm going to be interested in as a podcaster so yeah isn't it funny how we're trying to you know we're talking about newspapers and books and radio going away but then we're always trying to figure out what works and it always tends up being something similar to what they've you know, they've come up with, you know, selling commercials in the middle of a show. I mean, really? But but it works for some people, and, and that's the way they make money off of a podcast. It's funny because I can, I can tell you that I don't listen to any podcasts that have commercials in the middle of their show. And I don't know if that's <laughs> – it's a certain type of podcast that does it, but uh, I don't think I, there's one that I can think of that does that. Obviously, there's – folks that do it at the beginning and I'm, I'm not averse to doing it myself if the if the sponsor is right um but yeah to each his own are you calling uh anything self-promotion also do you consider that a uh, no commercial? i don't think so no i think people okay. you know people are working on their own products and uh promoting that or they have a business that correlates to what they do so they make that their sponsor right and i think that's fine it's your show i mean at the end of the day this is what's so wonderful it's your show you can do whatever the hell you want <laughs> Yeah. And no one's going to tell you no, right? Yeah. So there's no rules. There are no rules. And that's nope. your, your listeners will tell you if uh, your listeners or lack of listeners will tell you whether they, whether they dig what you're doing or not. Yeah. 
So this is this is why you can start a recording asking me about Twitter and <laughs> yeah, it's not not necessarily about podcasting. So prior to us uh, officially recording or. Uh, starting the show, you showed me your vinyl collection, so I want to dig into that. <laughs> what? Uh, and you would tell me you were a DJ, so tell me about your your uh, origins as a DJ. Oh well, I was born in Michigan. No kidding. Um, it, it it goes back to high school. Uh, I had a really good friend of mine that I invited to a youth group because there was this really interesting character who moved up to the Chicagoland area who's from Florida, and I wanted this. I wanted my friend to meet this guy from Florida. Turned out that. Uh, this guy from Florida was a breakdancer. That was what made him so interesting. My friend just loved breakdancing. Yeah. I was his friend, so I just became part of the group. And we all, you know, everybody who came to the group kind of had their own thing. Yeah. You know? And so my best friend was an artist. Guess what he did? Tag graffiti. It. Yep, graffiti. Yep, yep. And then we had another guy who's kind of a muscle guy. He's kind of the strong arm, strong arm guy. So he was... You know, he's the muscle guy. Yeah. And then I was the DJ because I love music. Nice. And it started there. And then, of course, just like podcasting, it's like, okay, how can I make money with this? Weddings. Yeah. What a brilliant <laughs> idea. Yeah. Breakdancing DJ to a wedding. Yeah. yeah but, you know, but, but I adapted and uh, I actually started working in a nightclub okay. as a nightclub DJ when I was 18. Nice. Uh, and this is all during my youth when I actually was was working really hard to get a job at a record store, which I eventually got. Yeah. And with with working at a record store, what do you get? You get promos. You get yeah. you know, free copies of music. You get to try all kinds of different things, and you get discounts. <laughs> yeah, of course. That's a, that's the DJ's dream. You get the discounts, which means your paycheck goes right back into the till. <laughs> So yeah, I've got this huge collection of 12-inch vinyl that I haven't played in years, and I'm, I'm really regretting it because I'm looking at it all saying, ooh, I remember Lisette Melendez. That was a good record. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I might be able to get some money for that MC Hammer 12-inch right there if you can't touch is that, this. Is that you know? Lisette Melendez together forever? Yeah, baby. Yep. And uh, Day in the Life. Okay. Oh, Day in the Life. Wow. Choice MCs, Cookie Crew. This is just the hip-hop <laughs> side. Kiss you back by Digital Underground, you know. Yeah, sweet stuff, man. The benefit of doing this in, on Skype for the listeners that uh, well, it's our benefit as well. It's just just me and, and and Steve because we can just show each other our vinyl collection and geek out <laughs> on that. So that's what we did, and uh, I've got the vinyl collection myself, but uh, I just can't let it go, man. That's why I've, you saw that I've got the Techniques twelve hundred sitting there, and I wanted yeah. to make sure, like when I when we uh, we've got the you probably hear sirens in the background. It's one of the benefits of living in the in LA. You'll hear a dog <laughs> in mine. It's either it's either <laughs> it's either uh, it's either sirens or helicopters. So yeah, um, yeah, it's fun, man. I I use it to kind of um, just chill out, like and just relax. Sometimes just sit there and play. I, I grab a, a a glass of wine and I just sit and like play you know, a couple dozen r records on vinyl, and it's just it's nothing sweeter. Uh, to, are, you, are you still buying vinyl? 
I actually do. I'm a bit more selective about it. And every time I wander into a store that has vinyl, I'm just naturally drawn towards it. And I just start digging through like the dance section. And I, and I just find like the Chicago house DJs, uh, there's a DJ called Cashmere. And, uh-huh. uh, and I found his best of, uh, collection, uh, 20 year best of collection of, ca- of cashmere of casual records. And I, I just went crazy. I was like, wow, I gotta have this. And cause it's songs that I have some of them. I mean, I do, I still DJ and, and I DJ on, on, on a laptop with a tractor, but this stuff, uh, once you find it, it's like, gotta have it. <laughs> you know, before just, we lose the entire audience, cause they're way too young <laughs> to even know what a record is. There's something about getting that piece of vinyl in your hand, especially if it was a if it was a picture sleeve. Yeah. You know, if your if your record had a picture sleeve, naturally on the back it had more information you could read about the artist or even about the producers or whatever. And the, you know the pictures always had to be something different, just like podcast artwork. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, something about flipping through vinyl and coming across something you've never seen before, and you're like, wait a minute. But uh, you, you t- you're talking Chicago house. I mean, that's where I grew up. I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. Yeah. We used to go down to imports, et cetera, and buy our records right there off the rack. The nice. hottest thing came out of DJ International. We were there. Fast Eddie Hip House, oh, yeah, yeah, best, yeah. <laughs> best house record ever, ever. Yeah, Fast Eddie, that's, wow, that's really good. So go with the flow, you know, to yo, go with the flow till you can't hardly flow no more. Just keep on going and swinging and stop playing and let this groove move, you know what I'm saying? So let the style of hip house take over your body and party and party and party and party and party. Number one is soon, soon to be. Uh, Steve Seal Curly, Doug Lazy, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I might have to throw some videos in the show notes. I did that one time. I was talking to uh, someone about uh, Bill Biff DeVoe, and I had to, had to drop that video into the show notes. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to do some digging in the crates, if you will. And <laughs> uh, if, if anybody wants to go back to like the source of, of well, no, I wouldn't say the source, but there was a really rare Farley Funkin' Keith record, and it was called Funkin' with the Drums. Yeah. And it has this rhythm that the DJs in Chicago, they just used it over and over again. And it was just a transition piece. It was just, you know, you wouldn't play it for more than two minutes because it was very repetitive. Yeah. But it was this drum that you never heard before. It was unique. And, and, and every copy I got, I went back and I returned them because they kept skipping. They always skipped in the same place because the records, the original pressings of a lot of the original Chicago house was done... I don't know. It was done really poorly. The quality yeah. control wasn't there. So there's these records that were printed with a skip in them. <laughs> it was just horrible. But, you know, but as a DJ, you didn't you never played the record from beginning to end. You no. you, you brought it in somewhere towards the beginning, you took it out during a chorus or a break and you melded another song right into it. Um yeah, if you can find Funkin' with the Drums by Farley Funkin' Keith uh, on YouTube, I'll bet you can. Uh, just throw that in the show notes. The other popular break uh, is called the Amen break, and apparently it's the most sampled break in like hip hop 
music or something like that. And uh, it, I, I read an article one time about the guy who actually created that track, and he's like poor and like, <laughs> and <laughs> if he if he had gotten any sort of royalties um, based on that sample that they used, the guy would have been a millionaire. So it was yeah. a B side. It was called Amen, Brother, right? I think it was Amen Brother. It was a B-side. There's a guy who actually, yeah, there's, there's something on YouTube. It's about a 19-minute video. Um, somebody found like a whole bunch of different records that sampled that piece. Yeah. And it's really uh, the Winstons, Amen Brother. That's what it's called. And yeah, there's, and, and I guess originally it was just like, not even like five seconds of that B-side. Yeah. But because we sample in the DJ world, we sample, we can just repeat it over and over again and make it sound like a record. Yep. And then people recreated it and put it into their, uh, their the background of their songs. That and, uh, you know, Planet Rock. You hear that Ooh. everywhere. I love that. Love that sound. What about the uh, the old uh, movies? So, like, did you have a, a favorite? I mean, there weren't that many, but um, I mean, my favorite was Beach Street. But uh, <laughs> in, in terms of capturing like the era of from a breaking perspective, um, that was really genuine in terms of like what was happening at the time. I, 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 I love that movie to this day. Yeah, I'll love both Breaking and Beach Street till I die. Beach Street was more about hip hop. Yeah. Breaking was more, they were trying to use breakdancing to tell a story. It was just the background thing. It wasn't really about breakdancing as much, but I'll still love it because the music and, and uh, Turbo Man, <laughs> that guy could move. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that guy was fluid. Yeah, and uh, Breaking 2, not so much. <laughs> no, no. And again, you only got it because you, you only like it because of the music. Yeah, the, the, the Breaking soundtrack is fantastic. Fantastic. pull it out for you and show you the cover but it's behind my whiteboard <laughs> uh, do you so how uh, methodical you're about your organization of your vinyl is it just uh eras years genres is it alphabetical everything's alphabetical just like you know the files on our computer when we're doing podcasting we have to have some kind of organization or we'll never find what we want that sound clip that 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 interview whatever so it's all alphabetical but then there are some categories so i'll keep things separate you know i'm trying to tie this back to podcasting because <laughs> you don't have to lose the audience you don't have if you think to think about it <laughs> if you got all your audio in a folder and then yeah. you got all your artwork in another folder and then maybe your show notes in another folder it helps you to be able to find those things so yeah i've got you know lps in one section 12 inches in another and then subcategories of those as well see what happens is and this is how i'm going to tie it back like you you take all your past interests and the things that created you and that you were passionate about that were part of your life and all that colors 
what you do later on and now as as a podcaster as host of money plan sos i mean those experiences i i would think have to affect how you approach what it is you do you know how you approach your podcasting so i mean Show me someone that doesn't have any interests or any hobbies or anything like that, and I'm I'm going to predict that I'm not going to be a really good interviewer because they're just not going to be be bringing anything engaging into a conversation. Where do you want to go with that? Uh, yes, <laughs> <laughs> if you're saying if you're saying what we do in our our past builds on to what we're doing currently, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and it's it's, in, it's sometimes it's the most interesting part. Like I mean. I, I'm sure you've been interviewed before, and I'm sure they've asked you about Money Plan SOS, and I'm sure they asked you, like, what's your most challenging interview, and who have you spoken to, and what do you like about podcasting? And, you know, this is an opportunity for people to know who Steve Stewart is and, you know, things that they may not have heard on other shows. Well, gosh, we've only been talking about stuff from when I was back in my 20s. I mean, we haven't touched where I am now. But, <laughs> but yeah, you're right, because the DJing actually was it allowed me to be more comfortable with the gear, the equipment, and trying to get set up. There you go. And of course, working in a nightclub, I mean, and a DJ at a wedding, got to, got to learn how to use a microphone. So a lot of, it, it, and then coming down to the editing piece, I mean, I've been using audacity since we were trying to move vinyl onto, you know, a CD, which you had to then convert into your computer to burn it onto a disc. So I'm natural with audacity. I, I'm sure I would love GarageBand. I'm sure I would love um, audition, but you know, Hey, uh, Command-L on the Mac turns a, a section of audio silent. So if I've got two tracks and I cough on my track when the person I'm interviewing is talking, I'll just Control-L. You know, it's natural. Control-L, take it out of there without destroying the file. So shortcuts, I know, I know a bunch of them. It's just natural to use Audacity for me. So I got into the editing with Ableton Live because I was creating music. And that was my go-to tool when i started podcasting and i haven't moved from it since because I, I like you said i know it i know the keyboard shortcuts i can zoom in and out of audio and i can edit audio much faster and it's just a matter of knowing the tool and i love how you brought it back the experience of using the equipment and uh, using a lot of that same equipment now that we're podcasting makes your on-ramp just uh, that much more easier because you're just more comfortable with technology yeah what was that software you use uh, ableton live I've never heard of that. Yeah. But I have a friend who has a podcast studio, and he and his employees use Mixcraft. Okay. Wow, I haven't heard of that. And, and, and it does some really cool things, and I'd like to learn that sometime myself as well. But, uh, yeah, I mean, use the tool that, that you're used to. That works for you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you want to learn something new, you know, give yourself the time to do that. But, you know, it's going to be another one of those learning curves. Yeah. And most people don't have the time to learn that stuff. They got other things to do, like book guests. Yeah. <laughs> Send those emails out again and again after rejection. So that's your 20s, right? DJing. <laughs> yeah, actually high school through, uh, yeah, till about the age 30. As you started transitioning out of the DJing, what, what, did you, what did you move into either from, you know, from a work or from a hobby perspective? Or what was the reason why you felt like you, that had to start dwindling down in terms of your time? Well, the DJing has always been a fun side job. Yeah. And actually, I'm still doing it. Um, there's this guy in, in St. Louis who is amazing at selling gigs. He is a salesman at heart. And I, if you met him, you'd never forget him. He's that guy, you know. So he can sell these events. And when he's overbooked, he'll send me. Okay. And so I'll go down to Nashville 
to Nissan's plant and do their family day. 15,000 people. I'm like, holy, you know, me? Yeah, okay, that's cool. It's amazing some of these stuff he sends me to. Um, but, but that's starting to dwindle away because, well, I'm not as young as I used to be. <laughs> and so are you asking me how that transitioned into podcasting? Or Yeah, well, I was wondering, like, um, you know, the beginnings of podcasting, if, um, you know, if, if that was straight into it, if you've, you started listening to podcasts and that's where the interest came from. And what was the, what was the start of that? Yeah, I was absolutely hearing other podcasts. Somehow I stumbled. I think I first heard about podcasting because I'm a big Dave Ramsey fan. and He started releasing his radio shows as podcast episodes. I thought, well, this is cool. I can download the radio show. Yeah. And he calls it a podcast. And that's, then that, it was after iTunes was released. Uh, the podcast, you know, it was integrated with iTunes. Yep. That... You know, I started finding some more, and then I got myself the first generation Nano, and it was all over after that. I was just downloading stuff, and the radio didn't come on in my car anymore. It was the podcast on the iPad, in, yeah. on the little iPod in the car. You know, he had the cassette player with the adapter. Oh my gosh, <laughs> the <laughs> yeah. background hissed. Yeah, the, the cassette player with the adapter. That's awesome. We recently did a road trip uh, with my wife, and we uh, we bought a van. Um, like a conversion van and it had it only had a CD player and I was like oh a CD player I had to go hunting for like my collection of CDs and I was like there's no there's no thing like that you can plug like a cable into to like listen to your iPod with a CD player it's like oh man I, I almost wish it would it would have had a tape player because I don't just I don't, exactly. know, I don't even know if Radio Shack still sells that contraption, but I'm, I'm sure I could find someone find one somewhere to play my iPod on my car stereo yeah, because you're sitting there going, I can't put my record in here. And the kids are going, we can't plug our iPhones in there. <laughs> yeah, that's the first thing. It's so funny. Like the first thing uh, they ask is like, where's, where's, the, where's the plug? Where's the USB? <laughs> yeah, I, I, got, I, I, I ask for USBs every time I rent a car. I'm like, where's, is, can you give me a car with a USB, please, so I can keep, Ditto. keep my phone charged? It's, got, I'm, it's almost default now. I'm, most of them have them this time, so it's pretty cool. Ditto. Yep. So you're listening to Dave Ramsey and you said, you said, I can do that. Yeah, I think I did. I think I, I thought I had the tools again, looking back at, at what I've been doing in the past. I know how to use a mic and I know how to use audacity. The barrier to entry for anybody into podcasting is super low. I mean, anybody can start a podcast, anybody. I mean, it's like a blog. Anybody can start a blog. It doesn't take a whole lot to figure out. It's hard work, but it's easy to get into it. So I thought, okay, I'll do it. And it was probably about a year of thinking about it before I actually did it. And, uh, you know, so I, I thought about, thought about, thought about. Finally, I came down to it. I'm like, gosh, darn it. I need to launch a podcast. And at that time, it was 2010. So people still didn't really know what it was except, you know, Apple fanboys, I think. We're yeah. still kind of the only ones that heard about it. And, you know, it's funny. As I see all these these people coming on board now, with their podcasts and they, they share their stats and they're like, Hey, I just launched and you know, we hit 5,000 downloads. I think I got a hundred on my first episode in the first month, you know, and I thought that was doing okay. There was no launch strategy back then. No, there was no, there was no you know, new, there was, new and noteworthy back then. <laughs> there, exactly. Or if there was, we didn't know how to use it. We thought maybe it was just paid advertising space. And so, yeah, I've been trying to grow this thing from the ground up for four years and you know, you, you, you second guess yourself. Should I rebrand? Should I get a new name, new RSS feed and play the new and noteworthy game? And yeah. I'm tempted, 
but then it's kind of like giving up on your baby. You know, gosh, I've raised this kid to, to age 12. Why would I give him up for adoption now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, four years in and you've got a pretty catchy uh, brand with Money Plan SOS. And, and I think you're at the point where it's like you said, your people recognize um, you and the show and, and, and they probably come to the content on a regular basis. I mean, you can't be I imagine you can't be 162 episodes in. You got to be doing something right to get that far, right? Or, or you just you're just damn persistent. <laughs> I just love podcasting. I won't give up, you know. But no, I'll tell you what. Um, the frustration was going through last year, thinking I could be doing better than this, and then I joined a, a group, which is a, a famous. We'll just say it. I, I joined Podcasters Paradise. Yep. I did it for the community. Yeah. I wanted to be in there with these new people and see what they were doing and see if I could help them out as well. I was really interested in the whole, the whole online membership thing, too, so I want to learn all of that stuff. So I joined Podcasters Paradise, um, and then I had this crazy promotion idea for this year, which kind of was born in 2013. I don't know how much time we got, but if you want, I can kind of share it with yeah, you. Yeah, of course. In 2013, I thought for April Fool's Day, it would be really funny if me and another guy in the same niche as I did, if we switched shows. Yeah. So I gave him my music and I gave him my intro script. So he pretty much started the show with my music, read my script. And then, you know, he did a, a really good episode as well. And I did his show with his music and his script. And it was a great April Fool's Day joke. And we had people who were, they, they, they wrote in, they said, I was looking at my, my iPod trying to figure out, you know, why am I hearing Steve Stewart on John's show? And they thought maybe they had downloaded or started the wrong show. So that was really funny. So what I decided for this year was to try and do a bunch of different people's shows for yeah. Fool's Day. And have you heard the story? I remember reading about this. I don't know if it was on a blog post or I, I know I know the story but not the specifics but uh yeah, okay. definitely continue. Well, I decided I decided in February this is what I was going to do to try and grow my audience. So I reached out to a bunch of different podcasters and said, "Hey, here's my idea. You know, I understand if you don't want me to take over your show for the day, but it'd be funny." Um, you know, and I'll do your show. I'll do whatever your content is and blah. So I, I ended up getting three takers. So I only got three. I would have liked to have five, but I'm glad it was only three because <laughs> it was hard work. Yeah. Um, so I got James Kinson from the cash car convert. He's a great guy. If, yeah. if you haven't, did you get to meet him? At Podcast I, I, I Movement? did not. I did not. Oh my gosh. What, yeah. a, what a great guy. Yeah. So he let me do his show and it was, it, it, it's fitting. I mean, we're in the same I guess the same mindset about, you know, how money really works and pay cash for cars. So it was really easy for me just to do a show like him. And then I also did a show for uh, Average Joe Money from Stacking Benjamins, which okay. is my favorite podcast. It's like a variety show. Yeah. But that's the problem, too, because it's like a variety show. There's Anything goes. Him, yeah, him and a, and a co-host who have this great chemistry. So it was really great that, that you know, I've, I was able to find somebody like that. Then there's a roundtable discussion, so you get three or four different people on a you know on a Skype call, and you discuss stuff. And then you've got um, uh, maybe a piece of an interview with somebody. So I actually got Gary Leland to come on and talk about well Gary Leland. And then uh, there's there's uh, a little break where you have somebody read their blog post for two minutes. You know, so that was really interesting and fun. And then the final one was the big guy in my mind. This was the big score, and this and I'll tell you why it all worked because of this really uh jared easley yeah jared let me take over star of the doubts for april fool's day and so what we did was i turned the tables and i interviewed jared yeah 
And if anybody knows Star of the Doubts, the first question he always asks is, what's your favorite, favorite concert? So, of course, I had to start out with that. But then I know people who have known him for a little while, so I was able to get some of their background, uh, you know, the information background. So I asked pointed questions, just like Jared does. It was, it was a great episode. I think it was episode 81. People should go back to listen to it. It was really funny. So all these shows came out on the same day, on April Fool's Day. And I noticed with my stats, this is where all this talk is, is coming to play here, that um, my listenership did jump yeah. after that. You know, if, they say if you're on interview on somebody else's show, obviously, you know, they give you the their audience for the day. Yeah. yeah. All that. And it definitely worked. And it was kind of my idea. I needed to get the word out about my show. And it's not a selfish thing because I want people to listen to my show. Of course, that's great. But, you know, I'm a mission. I'm on a mission to get people to think about their money and pay attention, not interest. So the listenership jump from, we'll say, uh, most episodes would be downloaded for, let's see, I think it got 1,500 downloads within the first two weeks of an episode coming out. And, no, I'm sorry, it was 1,200 before then. Mm-hmm. And right, right after that, it was easily 1,500. And now it's about 1,900 to nice. 2,500, depending. Very nice. So now those aren't big numbers. No, but numbers. I mean, to a podcaster, they are. I mean, <laughs> the, the jump from 100 to 200 to 400 to 600. I mean, you're, you're watching those stats. So whether you admit it to people or not, I mean, you're always checking and you're just wondering what other people are doing. So anytime you can get insight to what uh, folks are doing in terms of downloads, I think as, as, as a podcaster, it's always interesting stuff. Well, if you look at somebody like Chris Harone, I just was interviewed by him for his show coming up a little bit. He's getting 10,000 uh, 10, downloads an episode. And he's been doing it since, what, February? Yeah. And I've been doing this since 2010. Yeah. So, you know, I'm looking at that and saying, okay, I should be doing more things, more cross-promotion, whatever. Because um, I really do think my show can help people. So that's, that's the mission I'm on. Yeah, and, and I think that's a sign of, um, you know, your willingness to try things out of the box, like joining a group where it's not like you're joining because you need to learn how to podcast. You obviously know how to podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you come in with a, a, a historical perspective, experience, and you, you come in helping people. You come in, uh, you know, to, to Gary Vaynerchuk's point, jab, jab, jab. I mean, you're, you're helping, 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 helping. And then, you know, then, the, then it's the right hook if, if you have something to offer. You're thinking outside the box. You're thinking of these ideas. You're, you're being creative. You're being funny. It's, you're being entertaining. You know, people laugh. And when, when they think of Steve Stewart, oh, he was the guy who did the April 14th, you know, the April Fool's thing. And uh, like you said, <laughs> people, you want people to think of your name and, and smile, not be like, oh, that guy. That's the guy that's spamming me with his, like, email marketing newsletter man i hate that guy <laughs> it's funny you say that because i just had uh, a conversation with dave jackson the other day um somehow it was okay uh, i was a guest on podcast roundtable yeah uh back last year and that's how dave jackson heard about me and for whatever reason he really liked what i was doing and he's he really i don't know if I don't know. I'm just feel honored that Dave Jackson listens to my show. So I was, I kept doing things that would get my name on his show. And eventually I just came out and said, okay, my, my goal in 2014 is to be, you know, he's going to say my name on every one of his shows. And he read that. And of course now he's trying to work it into a show, but I think it's getting old and he agrees. And on his last episode, he actually said he's going to retire the gig. Cause I don't want, I don't want people to just think, Oh, you know, here it is the obligatory Steve Stewart mention. 
So now we got to get other people to say my name in their shows. And <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I love it, Steve. I love the fact that you're thinking outside the box. I love that you keep thinking of these like new ideas on how to engage with, uh, you know, just new audiences. Like, because a lot of people, I mean, I, I imagine after doing uh, years of worth of episodes, at some point you just get completely tired of it. You get bored, and it just it, it just mundane it just kills your creativity and like you said you start looking at other shows and other ways to maybe do something interesting leave podcasting altogether start a new show and i think you're sticking with it and you're uh, uh, applying some ingenuity and uh you're just improvising um probably something you picked up from your old school b-boy days <laughs> mixing it up yeah but i think i think you said something real important there is that you know, we, we all can come up with some creative way to promote our shows, to grow our shows. And it's not a cookie cutter thing because nobody, there's no rules to podcasting. Why does podcast promotion have to be the same way? I agree. So there's, there's all kinds of ways to grow your show. And whether that's, you know, spending 20 bucks on Facebook, you know, or, you know, getting into a local meetup group. Yeah. Uh, I started a local meetup group here in St. Louis and I'd love the attendance to be better, but you know what? We talk about podcasting, so it's my little hobby on the side. Yeah, it's there's and I and I obviously don't come up with all the ideas myself, but uh, just just maybe the April Fool's Day joke, I'll claim that one for myself. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, if if one of your if whoever's listening to this right now is thinking, how do I grow my show? You know what? Just start to have some fun. Yeah, goof around, and something might come to you because that's that's how most of these things happened. You know, most of my best promotions weren't you know posting stuff on Twitter. Yeah, not doing what not what everyone else is doing. A bingo! Oh my gosh, don't don't no don't don't go there. Don't get started. <laughs> so, but you realize what's happened now is that you've set the bar pretty high now. Now, on like next April Fools, I'm like, okay, what's Steve Stewart gonna do? And he, and he can't just be a guest on someone else's show because he's done that already. <laughs> so you've like got to ra- raising the stakes. I could be the guest on five people's shows. But not the host, the guest. Just be everywhere. I'm, you know, do the Pat Flynn thing. Be everywhere. Yes. So I'll be on everybody's show on April Fool's Day. That's what I'll do. No. Uh, I think the big joke for April Fool's Day next year is I'll take the day off. <laughs> <laughs> You'll just record an episode with, like, silence. Or you could record an episode with... <laughs> <laughs> or you just record an episode with dogs barking. Like, it's, it's Steve Stewart, but in a dog's voice. And he's barking the interview to another dog or i don't know something's ridiculously crazy <laughs> like that i'm just giving you ideas you can take them or leave them as you will but uh, oh man <laughs> oh i know what i should do take take samples of all the words that i say throughout my podcast uh digitalize it uh digital is that a word digitalize Digi- I don't know. digitize uh and then and then use the uh dj app and just scratch all the, the yeah. words together make sentences i could just pizza you know it's like uh what is it? You know, it's take, taking words from different yeah. sites. Oh, you've seen the Sampling. videos, right? With Sampling. Like, yeah, President Obama doing rappers yeah, delight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. There you go. Thank you. I got my idea. Oh, geez. The, those, <laughs> the editing on that stuff is just bananas, and I'm just so impressed by the stuff they do sometimes. It's crazy. Oh, somebody's got way too much time on their hands. So you could take... Oh, it's, you've got... Look to your right. Stare at that <laughs> wall of vinyl, that beautiful wall of vinyl you got, and just start sampling. sampling. If, if you start now... It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, September 12th and, oh uh, it took about six months to do. And, uh, by April, <laughs> April 1st, you'll be ready. 
Uh, let me go on record saying I am not going to do this. <laughs> so if anybody wants to go listen to my episode on April 1st, 2015, I'm not going to do this. That's too much work. He's just throwing you oh, off. Man. He's just throwing you off the trail, folks. Don't pay attention. <laughs> so, well, we're coming up to the, uh, the top of the hour, the bottom of the hour. I don't know what the hell, heck you call it, but uh, it's very fun talking to you. It's very easy going, and um, I just enjoy talking to podcasters because uh, they've always got good stories, and I'm I'm glad to hear that you're still at it, um, because I think we need people like you uh, who've been doing it for a while, who give us a perspective on what it's like to have been podcasting so long, the fact that it's not all pretty and and not everyone is going to have... you know, entrepreneur on fire as their first podcast and knock it out of the park. So you got to have a way to keep things fresh. You got to stay interested in what you're doing. You got to have a, a topic that you're passionate about. And, you know, I imagine you're still passionate about, like you said, helping people manage their finances. So that's why you're still going at it. So all those things are important. And I think having that perspective of new podcasters mixing with old podcasters, I think is a, a pretty dynamic combination. Yeah. And let me leave uh, your listeners with a quote because um, you're talking about sticking to, sticking with it. Yeah. Um, in in Jared Easley's book, Podcasting Good to Great, he has the best quote I think I've ever read on this subject, and it's only a sentence long. Well, actually, it's two sentences. Uh, so let me, let me read this. It's, the Bible says the diligent prosper. Strategic diligence over a period of time will allow you to outlast the lucky and outwork the lazy. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, that's profound. Strategic diligence over a period of time will allow you to outlast the lucky and outwork the lazy. Your podcast will be successful if you just work at it and keep going. Don't quit. Yeah, a lot of people think, oh, I, some this person got lucky. Um, I, I love the, the quote that says, uh, luck is when, uh, oh, now I'm going to screw it up, is when opportunity meets um, preparation. Oh, got it. Ah, uh-huh. so yeah, no put that in the show notes. Yeah, I'll put that <laughs> in the show notes as well. So yeah, that's a yeah. Your quote is fantastic as well. Just keep at it. That's that. That's your your take your takeaway message. That's one of those things that keeps me doing this, even though sometimes I'm like, oh, why am I doing all this hard work? It's not it's not paying the bills yet. Come on, but hey, it's it's fun and I love it. I love podcasting. So thanks for having me on Podcast Junkies. This has been fun, man. Yeah, man. So if you're going to be at, at FinCon, make sure you. Um, that, that, that means that means that Steve has probably already reached out to you on Twitter. So, <laughs> so make sure you go up there and uh, shake his hand. And uh, what has got you excited? You know, next couple of months. Uh, you know, you're going to FinCon, but after that, FinCon is the big thing. Um, well, there's two. There's two big things on my whiteboard here. Actually, three. I can't talk about one of them because it's not happening till January. Top secret. But like uh, yeah, but um, uh, next week at fin- at the Financial Blogger Conference, we actually have a podcasting stage okay. at the Expo. And so anybody who has a podcast can reserve a, a time and all that stuff. So I am going to interview somebody or a company that I've actually never seen interviewed on a podcast before. And he's a representative from FICO. Now, if anybody knows who FICO is, yeah. anybody knows what my show's about, they'll understand why this is a big deal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Shall I just leave it at that and make them listen to episode 164? I think so. I think, uh, <laughs> yeah, if you can put the pieces together, you can understand why that's going to be a, a pretty fascinating discussion, especially if the guy hasn't been on many or any podcasts before. 
Well, I FICO, the company, I have never heard any representative on a podcast before. It's always been written. So this will be very, very interesting. So that's one thing. Go ahead. No, I was going to say no pressure, but you, you I mean, I'm going to give you the responsibility of, of pulling out of them what the heck the freaking formula is for that number. And I'll just leave it at that. Oh, I know what the formula is. <laughs> I want to know why the formula is so one-sided. Lots yeah. of questions, I'm sure. That's, that should be a fascinating episode. I'll, I'll look forward yeah. to that. And I think I'll be surprised at the side that I take on it as well. So anyway, I'm not going to beat up on the guy too much. Uh, and then uh, let's see what else the other thing is. Oh, um, I have a course that I've launched and I'm still developing it into something bigger. Um, for, for people who use a Mac and they want to do uh, screen capture videos, Yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's a, a, a software program called ScreenFlow. Mm-hmm. It's only 100 bucks, and it's actually a really good video editing tool as well, but it's, it's built really for capturing your screen, which I think would be great for... Uh, you know, if anybody was a Chris Ducker fan out there, you know, his, he, he's all about, you know, getting a VA to help you out. Yeah. If you want to show your VA how to do something, use ScreenFlow. Yeah. And, and just capture your screen. Say, here's what you do. It captures your webcam. It captures your screen. It captures your computer audio. It captures any kind of an audio input. Um, and you can edit it and, and, you know, do call-outs, bring things up on the screen a little bit closer to your face. You can read it better, see it better, whatever. So I'm creating a course. Actually, I've already created it and launched it called HowToUseScreenFlow.com. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Fantastic. And I'm, Fantastic I'm, domain name, by the way. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> My mastermind helped me figure yeah. it out. So um, I, I created this course. It's, you know, about an hour worth of videos get you through all, not all the features, but 90% of what ScreenFlow can do. And this is just the what I call the studio tour because there's going to be two more levels. There'll be more membership type levels with private face, uh, Facebook group, webinars. Um, I'm actually uh, I've already got the approval or, or I got the okay from Chris Ducker to bother him next week and ask him to be interviewed hmm. uh, about how to use ScreenFlow for VAs and stuff like that. So that's going to be pretty cool. So yeah, that how do you ScreenFlow.com is is my next big little baby on the side that I just. I'm really excited. I love ScreenFlow. So if I can help people learn it faster and how to use it more efficiently, cool. Yeah. And if you apply your dedication, your knowledge, your wisdom uh, to this effort uh, in the same way that you have done to your podcast, then I'm sure you're going to be knocking it out of the park. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And who knows? Maybe maybe that type of thing is where we go next with podcasting because video podcasting yeah. is the next thing. So. Who knows? ScreenFlow might just be that next piece in in, in my history or my, my background that helps me do a, a bigger podcast in the future. Who knows? Yeah, I'm looking forward. The future is so exciting, man. Uh, we can't even predict what's going to happen. It's a lot of fun. So where else besides uh, how to use ScreenFlow.com can people track you down? Well, the main place is anything with the word Money Plan SOS in it. All one word, Money Plan SOS. Just go to MoneyPlanSOS.com. That's where you'll find me. Links to everything. And, and uh, just put up some new show artwork and I think people like it. That's awesome. I think uh, it's it's always great when you can get your name consistent across all the social media platforms. It makes things so much easier for your fans. Yeah, I just did this this last weekend too. And if people look closely at Benjamin Franklin on my artwork, there's a little, uh, it's a neat little thing. You have to go look at it to find out what I'm talking about. I love it. All these, uh, this, this, project coming up in january this mysterious conversation with fico and this little <laughs> easter egg on your website this is this is like an episode of lost i'm like well you got to figure out all the, <laughs> figure out all the different mysterious pieces that the steve has put out there so entertaining stuff to be sure <laughs> so thanks again steve and i uh, hope you have a fantastic weekend 
Thanks, Harry. Appreciate it. So Steve Stewart, Money Plan, SOS. Please show him some love. He's been doing this for a while, and it's obvious from the conversation, in case you haven't figured it out, he is passionate about podcasts, and yes, he is a podcast junkie, a fellow podcast junkie. He's been doing it four years now, and I uh, I like the fact that he's continuing to reinvent himself, and he just has an unbridled enthusiasm for uh, podcasting which I think is amazing. And it's always fascinating to just continue to find people uh, that are passionate about this medium. And uh, that's why I love having these conversations. So episodes long enough, uh, podcastjunkies.com slash 22 for the show notes. And don't forget to give, show us some love in iTunes uh, with a rating or a review because it definitely helps the show out. Take care, guys. <laughs>